three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to a very special semifinals edition of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I'm one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, joining you from the heart of Dallas, Texas. My co-host Walker Lott joins you from beautiful College Station. Uh, Walker, fantastic week in private school football. Got to see a lot of action, a lot of action that I will uh, jump the gun and say that I was right on here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? Secondly, um, your thoughts on the the recent action in private school football? Yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, I'm excited for these these matchups this week. It's going to be a fun one. But, uh, yeah, great week of high school football last week. A lot of good wins, a lot of upsets. No, one or two upsets, but some big wins for a lot of teams. And, uh, yeah, going right into the pick record since you mentioned it. Yeah, I have officially given up the lead. Uh, I don't know how. I'm disgusted with myself. I never thought I'd see the day. but. Uh, yeah, this is this is a tragedy. It really is. I'm trying to think because you had like what, like a six or seven game lead at least like three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, something like that. I don't know, yeah, that man. Is just I, I, I don't know. I, I really did think that it was going to be. Um, well, I would basically have to have an immaculate performance over the last stretch of the season to retake it and somehow i have uh walker you went 13 and 3 last week which is a great record by the way at any point in the season not just not just playoffs very good you're 184 and 56 the problem is i went 15 and 1 i'm 185 and 55 now i have gone 33 and 4 in the last two weeks again i'm gonna need to go back and check because Ryan might contest this. I think that might be the greatest stretch anyone's ever had in a two-week go on this podcast. Again, I'm not trying to toot my horn. Actually, that's a lie. I really am tooting my own horn here. I, I'm very, very content with how the pick record's gone. But all that being said, 15-1 this week. Um, I did check. I do have the best record um, of anyone that picks private school football. Walker, you are seconds right now, so you can take consolation of that. Hopefully, we don't flip, but I think, uh, I think that we're going to – take this record into uh the end of the year barring anything crazy happening but with all that being said we are actually going to jump right into the txps media football scoreboard recap so the five games on the left hand column as always we will discuss in more detail here shortly so everyone knows the rules one sentence per game starting with parish versus concordia lutheran parish beats concordia 48 to 6 uh moving into an interesting matchup here friday yeah, I mean, as expected, shout out to a great career of Lou Lamar. Uh, excited to see what you do at Dartmouth next year, man. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the team playing Parish, Antonian beats TCA Addison 55 to 28. That Apache offense is insane. Yeah, uh, I have the stats from that. Shout out my guy over there at Antonian Prep. Yeah, Jay Suscano counted for five touchdowns, four passing, one rushing. Landon Pouty, the running back, had 169 yards on the ground with three touchdowns. And that guy, Riley Strode, 158 yards and three TDs. I mean, that connection of uh, of Descano to Strode has been there forever, and he continues again for another great week. Uh, Preston Jones, 15 tackles on defense. Uh, yeah, just an overall great performance by the, the Apaches, man, over a good team. I know it was close at half, but they pulled out the win. 
Preston would beat St. Pius 56 to 27. Um, I mean, a lot of points scored by Preston would, but maybe not the defensive effort I would have liked to see against, quite frankly, a bad team in St. Pius. Yeah, definitely an uh, interesting thing getting four scores put on you, but a uh, good win for Preston. What excited to see how they do against uh, St. Thomas this week. Speaking of that, St. Thomas wins um, not really a close one, but closer than I would have expected against Bishop Lynch, 35-217. I would have liked to see St. Thomas honestly put up at least a 50 spot on that defense. Yeah, uh, I know it was close at half, I, I believe, right? And then uh, St. Thomas pulls out the lead in the second half. But yeah, I would have liked it to be a little bit bigger lead, but um, good win nonetheless. Grace Community falls 56 to 7 to the rolling ball of. No, I can't. That's DC's moniker. I'll find a moniker for Liberty at some point, but they fall to Argyle Liberty 56 to 7. Uh, the OGs, in fact, did not win. <laughs> uh, shout out the Midland Christian Barstool page for shouting out Liberty for getting the win. I told you that on the space where like they shouted them out, being like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend for winning. So uh, that was funny. So shout out to them. Second Baptist beat San Antonio Christian 49 to 13. I mean, business is expected. I mentioned before that this wasn't really a, a seemingly a super upset prone week. A lot of better teams beating worse teams. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Talon Lou and San Antonio Christian getting to the second round as a great, great progression for that team. Uh, but yeah, Second Baptist is just a better team in that one. DC beats Covenant 58 to 19. I think I saw a stat. This is DC's like sixth consecutive game with 50 uh, points plus scored. Um, insane offense for a for a school that's traditionally been known for stout defense. Shout out to Luke Carney and the gang. Yeah, Luke Carney just got offered by Arkansas. That's a huge SEC that offer huge. for for Carney. Uh, shout out to him, man. But yeah, Dallas Christian keeps rolling like chainsaws. There we go. First Baptist beats Fort Worth Temple Christian 62 to 14. Also saw a stat where I think Elijah Kaysen is at like, is it like 30 or 40 receiving 30. touchdowns on the season? Hunter McCoy's at like 60 uh total touchdowns. Yeah, they are uh they're dominating this year. I'll pull it up for you. Uh uh he is one Elijah Kaysen is only one of 12 players ever in Texas high school football history to have 30 plus receiving touchdowns in a season. Uh, I mean, phenomenal. Your guys like you're talking about guys like you know, Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba from Rockwall, C.D. Lamb, Marvin Mims, Koi Eakin. Who at? Oh man, Koi Eakin. Who? That's a dog over there at Tech. But uh, yeah, man, these guys are sensational, and that's just huge, huge uh team. You know, oh, here's a good one. The number seven on that list, tied for seventh, is Jordan Shipley. You remember that name? Hmm. Yeah, Jackson Shipley's little brother. Mm, yep. Or older? Older, maybe. maybe. I've the, 2003. So I think that's definitely I, older. The, yeah, older, yeah. I, one of them's the one of them's the brother of the other. Because I remember there is those brothers, and then there's um then there's um gosh darn, I'll remember it later. Um, but yeah, there's several sets of brothers at Texas. That being said, we're off track. Next game, <laughs> uh, Sacred Heart beats Sacred Heart 30 to nothing. Hollisville beats Munster for further clarification. Uh, great defense from a Hollisville Sacred Heart team that's been fantastic all year. Very excited to see them match up this week against Lovett Christian. Yeah, that was a game that was kind of worrying to me because you never know like how the South goes against the North type of game, you know what I mean? But Hallsville takes care of business, and that is the end of Swarzynski Brothers over there at Monster Sacred Heart. It's going to be interesting to see how that team responds for the next couple of years and who comes up in the ranks. 
Absolutely no, it certainly will be. You can even say maybe they they stood on business. I don't know. Am, am I too old to, to use that terminology? Yeah, that that no, doesn't feel right. right. We're still young, right? Yeah, there there's I'm now noticing that I'm old because there's a lot of like terms that come up that it like back in the day, like I could see it. I'd be like, I know what that means. Now it takes me like a week or two to like figure not not standing on business, but that's pretty intuitive. Again, we're rabbit holing again, but moving on. Two more games to get through. Hopefully we don't get sidetracked. Lubbock Christian beats Brazos Christian 58 to 7. Uh yeah, big win for Lubbock. Honestly, by a lot more than I expected without Welker Horn at quarterback, who apparently they kind of faked out like he was going to play before the game and then didn't. I like the uh, the gamesmanship there, but yeah, big win. Yeah, that's a huge win. We know we thought Brazil Christian was going to be hot going into it. We didn't know if they were going to win, but at least put up a fight. Uh, there was no fight there. They scored first, and they did not score again. Big win for Lubbock. Absolutely. And the last game, Cypress Christian beats Bernie Geneva 55-6. to That's a great win against a Bernie Geneva team with Jacob Rosensteel that I, I like a lot. And shout out to Cypress Christian, who great matchup this week as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jacob Rosenthal, you know, ends his uh, high school career as being one of the best to ever do it at Bernie Geneva. Puts up a lot of points. Colleges would love to have him on a roster, man. Go take a look. All right. So that wraps up the TXPS Media football scoreboard with all the games from last week. Before we jump into our detailed recaps, we are going to have a minute with the interns featuring Waverly West of Brazos Christian. So here's Waverly. Hi. I'm Waverly West, a Texas private school media intern at our Brothers Christian School, and I'm going to be recapping Brothers Christian's loss to Lubbock Christian this past Friday. Brothers Christian and Lubbock Christian played in Brownwood, and this was in the regional round of the Taps Division Four playoffs. Brothers Christian actually scored first, making the score seven to nothing early. But then, after that, Lubbock Christian scored 58 unanswered points, making the final score 58 to seven in favor of Lubbock Christian. Lubbock Christian will now play Hallettsville Sacred Heart in the semifinal round of the playoffs, and. And Hallisville Sacred Heart beat Munster Sacred Heart 30 to nothing to move on to this round. Looking on the other side of the bracket, Northland Christian actually upset Central Texas Christian to move on to the semifinal round, and Dallas First Baptist beat Temple Christian, which is no surprise to anyone. So that means the four teams in the semifinals of the Taps Division Four playoffs are Hallisville Sacred Heart, Lubbock Christian, Dallas First Baptist, and Northland Christian. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye. All right. Thank you, Waverly, for detailing the Brazos Christian Lubbock Christian game. Honestly, still a great season from Brazos Christian, despite the way it ended. Really started out slow, but then really blitzed through district. Won that district championship that eluded them last season. So all in all, still a very good season from the Eagles. But moving forward, we we're going to go into our five games of the week from last week and recap what went on there. So starting with Northland versus Central Texas Christian. Northland gets a 28-10 to win over a very talented Central Texas squad with the likes of Tabor Tyson running the ball. But yeah, I mean, Central Texas really had success passing the ball. Quarterback Brody Butler went 12-21, 196 yards and two touchdowns. His favorite target was Rome Stanford, who only had four receptions, but with 109 yards to go with it and a touchdown. Also, uh, Jake Eaton had... Jake Eaton had four receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown where also their defense did fantastically only holding, like I said, a talented rushing attack in Central Texas to 10 points. Northland, you know, they're a team that we haven't gotten to talk a lot about in D4 because of the Giants, Lubbock, 
and um, First Baptist, but they're moving into a game with First Baptist this week. Walker, I kind of already know the answer to this question, and I feel like it, it's I, I, I don't want to take anything away from Northland, but is there any chance they catch First Baptist sleeping here this week? I mean, this uh, Rome Stanford is that guy, and you know he probably is one of the most talented athletes that they'll see this year. Uh, first Baptist. So if he goes off, you might have a chance, but I mean, you know, that offense for first Baptist is just unworldly. And even if you have a Rome Stanford playing DB, which is a great player. I mean, I don't know how much, you know, you have two other guys you have to worry about two to three other guys you have to worry about on that receiving core. So. Yeah, exactly. It's like a uh, first Baptist has like five Rome Stanford's running around, which is, uh, is good. But, um, yeah, it's, it's even better than only one. So, yeah. But anyways, great win for Northland over Central Texas Christian as they advance to hey. a semifinal matchup with First Baptist. And, and also, what a career for Tabor Tyson coming over from Brentwood, coming over to Central Texas Christian and just dominating, man. Um, what a guy. He'll definitely be in the MVP conversations for Division Four and for our world award 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 show. Uh, but what a player, man. He did everything he could to get them to a state championship. It's just a little bit. Just didn't got two games out of it, man. But yeah, shout out to him, man. What a career! Yeah, absolutely. Shout out Tabor Tyson, fantastic career for Central Texas Christian. So, moving forward, Bay Area versus Holy Cross in a great game. Four of Gibby Alvarado's nine completions go for touchdowns as Holy Cross routes Bay Area 66 to six. Alvarado tossed two touchdowns to uh, junior wide receiver Nicholas Hall, who had 95 yards receiving. Also, juniors Marco Gomez and Patrick Ortiz had one touchdown apiece, with Gomez scoring again on a punt return and Ortiz on a pick six. Alvarado also rushed for a score, bringing his total to five touchdowns on the contest. So, all that to say... We know how electric Holy Cross's offense has been. Their defense has been just as good, limiting uh, Bay Area six points. I'll ask a question. Could or should Holy Cross be the favorite moving into a game with Cypress this weekend, Walker? I'm going to say no, just because of history. You know, history comes into this. But if should should Cypress be favorited massively? I don't think so. I think this is going to be a barn burner type of scoring. And as long as Holy Cross keeps up with Cypress in that running game, you never know. But I don't know if they should be favored just with history on their side, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I don't like I said, or like you said, I don't think it should be a steep margin. But I do think um, I do think Cypress is probably a slight favorite here. I don't know. I've looked at transitive property of the teams, the common opponents these teams share, and we'll detail this more in depth in our preview. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm very. This is probably the game I'm second most excited for all week. But we will wait until our previews to get to that. So now we move on to Trinity Christian versus Grace Prep, and Trinity proves it really isn't that difficult to beat a team twice as they discard Grace Prep on their way to the semifinals. Quite frankly, this was the Eli Reeves show. The senior quarterback threw for 200 yards and three touchdowns and only seven completions, rushed for 87, intercepted a pass, recovered a fumble, and tallied 26 tackles. 26. Two, six. One of the most insane stat lines I've ever seen. Honestly, ridiculous. And honestly... I don't think these stats are padded at all because I've seen Eli Reeves, Eli Reeves play last year. He's that kind of player. He's an absolute gamer. He just makes 
things happen wherever he is on the field. Um, yeah, all of that is just absolutely ridiculous. But in terms of other contributions, Bryce Hale and Joshua Mario Moreo, Morero, something like that, each had 82 yards receiving to go along with a touchdown. I have to give a shout out to Hub City's prep, Hub City preps for the stats, always a gold mine in terms of write-ups and statistics. So Walker, I'll end this recap with another question. Does this year's Trinity Christian Lubbock team have a better shot at D.C. than last year's? Intuition would tell you no, because last year had arguably the most talented player on the field from a collegiate standpoint, Marcus Ramon, they lose. However, this team seems to be, fa- seems to be faring better uh, as a unit. Do you think this team has a better shot than last year's? Okay, let me – okay, so – Let's let's look at that for example. What what was last year? What was what was last year's? They won thirty five nothing. Do I think that they can lose less than thirty five to nothing or beat that? Sure, I think they could score some points on the board, but to say that they have a better shot of winning, I don't know about that. Do I think they well, can? Have a- I'm, yeah, that that that's a good point. I was gonna say like. Do I think they can put points on the board with Eli Reeves at quarterback and a lot of other dudes around? Yeah, I do think so. But, you know, we really haven't been able – we really haven't seen that defense come to life. DC's, you know, defense come to life this year. And, I mean, okay. And I mean, like, like, like I guess – need to – like, need, yeah, need to come to, to life. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I guess okay. that was – I guess that's what I mean. Not like – I'm glad still... you – I'm glad I made you clarify that because you were about to have a lot of DC fans in your mentions for that. I, you know what I mean? Like they've just been solid. Like it's just, it's their solid is only allowing people to score seven points. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like when they're on their game, which I think this is a type of game that they're going to have to be. I, I, I mean, I could see it being a shutout as well. Like, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, do I think they can score? Yeah. I just, there it's DC's the rolling ball of chainsaws for a reason. I guess the question is, can Trinity score at all? Because last year, the answer was no. Right. Um, I don't know. In this D.C., honestly, in, in my personal opinion, I think this D.C. team could be even better than last year's. You can you can find stats to debate me with that. It's kind of grasping at straws. But we will, uh, we will answer this question, actually, when we get into the Do They Cover segment. So stick around for that. But. Yeah, that's uh, that was TCS versus Grace Prep. Moving on into the second to last game to recap a game that I was at. Frisco Legacy versus Fort Worth All Saints. And All Saint perpetuates the parallels to last season, dismantling Legacy Christian 43-14. to Keldon Ryan's a star. Uh, he's impossible to take down with the ball in his hands and an ability to put it on a rope. I, I don't see how it's possible to scheme for him. He had five touchdowns in this affair, three rushing and two through the air. The two passing came courtesy of Kevin Doddard, who put on one of the more impressive performances individually I've seen this year. From taking a screen 55 yards to the house, to burning his defender and getting wide open for a Ryan bomb, to getting on a pogo stick to break up a touchdown path on fourth down. The kid's an absolute stud. I've also got a shout out freshman Tymon Meeks and sophomore Dolph Rogers, both underclassmen, defensive linemen, bench over 300. I think uh, Meeks is at 300 and Dolph Rogers is at 315. Both are going to be elite players to watch as they get older. Um, Dolph Rogers caught my eye. 
Um, dude, he's like he's like a solid 300 pounds as a sophomore, which is wild. But also, he just absolutely stuffed a run on either third or fourth down early in the game. Both those kids are good. Remember the names, Tymon Meeks and Dolph Rogers. But all that being said, uh, Walker, uh, All Saints really um, – plays like all saints here i said a lot before the game it was a question of which all saints team were we going to get we got the good one as they went 43 to 14 uh your takeaways from all saints handling business oh uh, i mean that that team's amazing and i like the guys you shouted out with the headshots because guys like you know meeks and dolph rogers are guys that are really really good players and um you know, Meeks has been a guy that I've known about since he was in middle school, just be on social media, and now he's helping out as a freshman. Same with Rodgers. I saw him at a SES game one time, I believe. Um, but, man, I, I like that they're using Dodder now also on offense uh, more because I think he's mm-hmm. just a special player that he deserves to be on both sides, and he can do it too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this All Saints team, we kind of expected this. But I want to shout out that legacy team, man. You know, it. I, I saw a tweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. This sophomore, their senior class, freshman year, they had a pandemic. Three wins the sophomore year and junior year, and then they turned it all around their senior year because of buying into a new coach, a new culture, and went ten and two with a district and area championship. That's just some. That's insane, man. Um, I I want to shout out that senior class because that's that's something that is should not be understated because that is just phenomenal job by those seniors to lock in every single year and buy into a culture in one year. It's just, it's what you would want in a group of guys and they should be proud. So shout out to them, man. Yeah, absolutely. I had a blast covering them the last two weeks and they were also incredibly appreciative. I've got tons of, of nice messages and uh, thank yous from players and parents really is a squad that does it the right way. And with Doug Hicks, they're going to be trending in the right direction. Big fan of legacy Christian. So shout out to both squads there. All saints moving on to the state semifinals, but Walker, we've got one more game to recap, a game that you were on site for and also picked in correctly. I have to, you know, let you hear about that. Regents versus Fort Bend. Uh, I was kind of, you know, I was very, speaking about that. I was glad I didn't get chirped enough. I didn't get really chirped at all. The, everyone at Regents is very, very nice, and I didn't get chirped at all, which I thought I was. Uh, I think, luckily, I kind of put, like, a little parameter into the game, which I'll talk about in a second, of, like, if this happens, it will be a long day, which we're getting right into it. What a game for the regents. Um, getting revenge on last year about a you know heartbreaker loss last year. And for regents, I said on the pod, like I just mentioned, if they were able to stop the run for Fort Ben, it would be a long night for the Eagles. And that's exactly what happened. Um, regents won this game defensively. Uh Fort Ben might have might have never crossed half field in any of their drives, honestly. Like the the defense just came to play. So shout out to Jacob Wilburn, Jack Burkle, Hudson Powell, Charlie Griffin, Shane Verdick, and Drew Novi, uh, a sophomore who really stood out stood out to me. And the rest of that uh region's defense. Offensively, Quinn Murphy looks light years ahead of most sophomore quarterbacks I've ever seen in the state. And, you know, and his connection with uh 26 wide receiver Blake Smith, who's a dog, and also Hudson Powell stood out. Um, the star of the show offensively was probably 24 running back Chili Sayer. Sayer, I got you. Uh, the running back is one of the toughest runners in the state, and also standing at 6'1, he's able to outrun you with like four or five speed and also run through you, which is honestly whatever is easiest for him. Definitely an underrated back in the state. I think we need to talk about him more when talking about running backs and say he's a dog, but um. 
the the guy who I just stands out every time you watch him play is Hudson Powell. He is probably the most the hidden gem in the state. He stands at six seven, eighty two inch wingspan, and runs a four five three forty. Um, the dude is a physical freak, like I just mentioned. And some guys that are that big and strong don't play the game like well. You can, just are not good at the game, I guess. But that's the complete opposite with him. He's athletic, and he actually has football like athleticism and the ability to play the game to back it up being a D one prospect. Um, you know, I think he has a chance to go Division one. I. I think he deserves to go to Division one, and I'm excited to see where his recruitment ends up. He's a dog, man. But uh, you know, now Regis looks ahead. Uh, they now play second Baptist who beat this uh, for Ben team probably by, I think like 14 or 20. So this is going to be an interesting game uh, for Fort Ben. You lose a talented senior class led by Bennett Warren, Jordan Rogers, Ivan, Jimmy Ducksworth. Shout out to him and what a dude, just what a guy more importantly, great football player, but even better kid. And, you know, just dude. So shout out to him, man. But you know, you lose those guys from Marion Tillman, Kind of maybe a couple of offensive linemen. Where does this Fort Bend team go? Because you still have Max Granville coming back for a senior year, which is a dog. And you have a couple other guys like Cannon, Campworth, and uh, TJ Smith, and guys like that. But where do they go from here is going to be the question. I'm excited to see where this team goes. Who ends up at Fort Bend next year is the real question. Uh, but uh, Fort Bend is going to be very young next year again. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they do next year. It certainly will. Does uh, does Hudson Powell not play basketball? Sorry, I got that's what I've been looking at this entire time. There's nothing about basketball on his Twitter, and um, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess we're 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 an all sports podcast, but um, Regions could certainly use you know a six seven guy with an eighty two inch wingspan um, on their basketball team because I mean, hey, they they got beat. I know they probably didn't like getting uh 20 pieced by Midland uh last year. So maybe they can get Hudson Powell out there and uh six seven can can do anything um at that level. But all that being said, uh yeah, Regents is fantastic. I'm glad you got the opportunity to go see and we haven't gotten down there as much as we would have liked so far, but hopefully we'll make up for it in the playoffs since we'll be able to keep seeing them. But yeah, Murphy's great. Um Hudson Powell, like you said, is is probably the the most hidden gem if he runs if he runs a legit four five three laser at six seven yeah then then yeah that that's ridiculous i need to go down he looked really good at seven on seven i need to see him in person so hopefully they can make it to to waco so i can watch that but yeah i mean great absolutely great also i'm glad you i'm glad you got the pronunciation for uh for chili sayer's name because i know we've butchered that so that's always nice when we get a legit pronunciation but Shout out to Regents. Great win. We will see them in the semifinals. So moving on into our other news segment, starting with one of the greatest segments ever created. Do they cover? So beginning with Dallas Christian, the team that really initiated this entire segment, this week, they are a 31.5 point favorite versus Trinity Christian Lubbock. Last week, as you mentioned, Walker, the game was 35 to nothing. So, honestly, a pretty accurate spread. Um, yeah, disrespectful. Any any spread this high in the playoffs is pretty disrespectful, especially in the semifinals. I'm going to take DC to cover, however, a 31.5 point spread. Uh, I think I will too. I, I think I have to. You have to. You have to. 
I mean, again, they won by 35 last year, so technically this is an improvement. Their um, uh, Massey ratings is viewing this as an improvement for TCS Lubbock. Also, disclaimer, yet again, every episode, we don't make the spreads uh, computer-generated. Don't chirp us if you cover. Don't care. Just reporting what I see, the numbers. Moving on, does Parrish cover? This week, they are a 34-and-a-half-point pair versus Antonian. Absolutely wild. I'm going to say they don't cover that. I love this Antonian offense. Uh, we've also seen, which I'll, I'll speak on this point later, uh, Parrish's defense really has taken a step back um, pre- when we saw that Preston Wood put 40 on them. I think Antonian can do something similar. I don't think I don't think Antonian's going to score like 35 and Parrish is going to score like 70. I just don't see that happening. But uh, I, I think I think Parrish, I think Antonian covers is a long way of saying that. Yeah, I agree. I think Antonian covers that spread. 35 is a lot. That is a lot of points. Moving on. Does Liberty Christian cover this week? Uh, I'm not going to talk about what they did last week because that hurts my feelings. This week, they are a 27 and a half point favorite versus all Saints. This is really really interesting to me let me see last they lost um let me see what they won by oh my it, it was like sorry. 40 40 something 20 right something like yeah that. so i mean it, it was close to that but remember it was a um it was a it was a five point game going to the fourth quarter um i'm gonna say they don't cover that i'm gonna say all saints uh covers plus 27 and a half again it's a 30 point spread i would have hoped that all saints keeps this within 30 but we'll see yeah, uh, I definitely agree with that. So, last but not least, Division Four does Dallas First Baptist cover? They are a twenty and a half point favorite this week. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. For some reason, I didn't put down the yeah, the team they're playing. Northland uh, Walker Northland. They're a twenty and a half point favorite versus Northland this week. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I take this number as high as fifty. Dang. Uh, yeah, probably so. Yeah, I mean it's it's Northland. I mean. What do you expect? Sorry, it is not. It's First wow. Baptist. Sorry, wow. that was off. I, I meant it's First Baptist. Apologies. Sorry, I haven't had as much coffee as I normally do at this point in the day, and it's showing. But yeah, so those are our picks on the Do They Cover segment, and it gives us a great opportunity to go into what is really my favorite segment, the game previews. But not before we hear a word from our fantastic sponsor, High Point Signs and Apparel. Listen, we're we're both wearing the shirts. Like I said, I'll put this up against any anything you have ever worn. This is the most comfortable shirt you will have in your closet. The hoodie too. Ask the guys that wear them. This is all made possible by High Point. They did a fantastic job taking the vision we had for our apparel line and executing it. There was no hangups. There was no hassle. They're pros at what they do. They don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. They will meet or beat any price. They also create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers. Walker, we we have spoken at length about how much we love High Point. We're not just saying this as a sponsorship. We're saying this because we used them before it was even a sponsorship and it was it was fantastic. So what are your thoughts on High Point Signs and Apparel and the product they provide? I mean, it was honestly such an easy experience. You know, we say that every week, but like like Working with them was phenomenal and it's a great relationship. And I knew if I, I call them up right now and I'm like, Hey, can we get this, this, and this done? They'll be like, okay, we can help you with this, this, and this. 
the people we worked with the design and um, come up with the graphics on the shirts were phenomenal. You know, not only did we have the shirts that we did this, we had the shirts that we did for the, uh, the TXPS quarterback retreat that were also phenomenal. They were just phenomenal to work with. They're the best of what they do. Please reach out to them. If you need stuff with playoff shirts, state championship shirts, uh, state championship signs or anything for your kids or for your companies, go reach out to high point signs and apparel. They're easy to work with. Absolutely. So go check out high point signs and apparel. The link to their website is in our show notes. Click on that schedule consultation with them. They're fantastic. We cannot sing their praises enough. So thank you again to high point signs and apparel for sponsoring this episode. So with everything else out of the way and a clear runway to do what we want to do, Walker, let us get into our five games of the week, starting with Division One, Parrish versus Antonian. Parrish is a 34-and-a-half-point favorite, as previously mentioned. And then there were four. Nine-and-two Antonian will travel to eight-and-three Parrish for a state semifinal at Gloria Snyder Stadium in Farmers Branch. Even after dropping their last district game to St. Thomas, Antonian has fared better than last season where they fell in the quarterfinals to Nolan in a game that we were at Walker. Their success is due in large part to an offense which averages over 38 points per game. To that, you can credit the senior three-headed monster of quarterback Jason Toscano, wide receiver Riley Strode, and running back Landon Prouty for that. As Toscano accounted for five scores, Prouty and Strode for three in their previous matchup. However, Parrish is still Parrish. Even after the loss of Hutch Crow, other receivers have gotten the chance to shine. You know, it's kind of like you hear a lot when there's a big forest fire. You know, it, it's tragic in one sense, but in another sense, it allows all that cover that's gone. It allows new things to grow up. That's kind of it's seemingly what happened after Hutch Crow, who was probably the best receiver in the state. After he went down, it it was tragic and it obviously hurt Parrish, but also it gave guys like Jalen Pyle, Carson Darby, and Beckham Smith a chance to get reps. And I know that has helped them all immensely. All of them are incredibly talented. You add in guys like Purdue commit Sawyer Anderson and Harvard man Maddox Reed, and this offense is certainly the strength of the Panthers. The defense, not so much. Let's take a look at the data. Last season, they allowed 27 points in total through district play, which is a great number. That's probably around seven points per game. This season, 95 points allowed in district play. That's a 252% increase year over year. Um, not fantastic. Transitive property time. We're using Trinity Christian Addison as a case study. Parrish beat them 42 to 6. Antonian beat them 55 to 28. So you can say what you want about defense. However, Antonian's defense still might be worse than Parrish if we're looking at the Trinity Christian Addison game as representative of these team seasons as a whole. Now, I'm not stupid enough to take one game and say that's completely representative but long story short these teams are probably closer uh than you think to each other i'm still taking parish though i think there's going to be a lot of points scored i think that parish will probably struggle to stop um athletes like toscano strobe and proudy but parish is still going to score more points i like the panthers here my heart really loves this antonian squad man they're a great team they're very very uh, good offensively and you look at the transitive property right they put up more points than parish but they gave up a lot more than parish and that's the issue i think with this one is you can't you have to stop parish offensively and i just don't know if antonia can do it and i think the defense even if they're not as good as they were last year i think they'll stop 
Antonio Moore. Uh, Caleb Mitchell Irving in the middle just kind of stop that Landon Prouty run game. It's going to be hard to stop. It's going to be a difficult thing. And I just don't think Antonio gets it done here. Do they have a shot? Absolutely. But, you know, with the pick record very, very much, uh, I still have a chance to. I have to take the smart choice here, and I have to take Parrish in this one. But Antonio, what a season for them, making the semifinals in this matchup. I think they have a chance. Um, and, hey, you know, respect is earned. And if they can keep this close, they have earned the respect of the, all of taps in this one, man. The, the, that San Antonio squad is going to be the real deal if they can keep it close. Absolutely. Speaking of the pick record, Walker, I could just take the coward's way out and uh, just tail all of your picks. So it guarantees it guarantees me winning by one game. You go first, man. You go first in these picks, so I can tail. Oh, you. I can no, I I can always go back and adjust <laughs> it, but I don't know if that'll. You are the one that puts out the final sheet, so technically you do have control. But yeah, I'm really excited to watch uh, Parrish versus Antonio. I will most likely be at that game Friday, so that'll be it's going to be a fun weekend of football. But. We move down to Division Two for the first time in a couple years. We get to see a Regents versus Second Baptist Southern semifinal. Regents is a six and a half point favorite in this one. Walker, you know how many points Regents has allowed in their last five games? Talk to me. How many? Seven. The uh, seven oh. only. Yeah, they've had four. They've had four shutouts, and TWCA scored a whopping seven points in that playoff game. Listen, they we'll get to their defense later, but. Like I've said on the space, you your eye is caught by talent like Quinn Murphy, Hudson Powell, Jackson Smith, Chili Sayer, et cetera. I think the defense could be the strongest part of this Regents team. And you can say they play in uh, District 3, which is absolute horse water. But, you know, uh, we'll see in the playoffs when they stack up against real competition. But that being said, sophomore blue chip quarterback Quinn Murphy throwing to 6-7 Hudson Powell really shouldn't be allowed, but maybe it averages out tossing it to Blake Smith. Both guys are fantastic receivers. Senior Chili Sayer toting the rock makes for an offense that has been unstoppable up to this point. So, like I said, we will circle back to the defense. Wilburn, Charlie Griffin, Jack Burkle, all these guys anchor a unit that has locked down District 3. The same District 3 anymore. Second has emerged in a big way following a sluggish start to the season. Nebraska commit J.D. Crisp and sophomore standout Cannon Toom have led the Eagles to a state semifinal and certainly would like a happier ending than last year, but I don't think they're going to get it. I think second's great. Don't get me wrong. The Regents is just, they're out with the vengeance this year, especially after that heartbreaker last year to Fort Bend. Um, I do think the South, is going to start running through Regents again after a short hiatus. Um, the culture's too good. There's too much talent on both sides of the ball. Yet again, the only the only knock I could see here is District 3 is considerably worse than District 4. But Regents dominated it nonetheless. There wasn't even a close game in there. All that to say, I like Regents. I like them to cover six-and-a-half-point spread. Regents, Regents, Regents. This is a fun one. There's a, there's a storyline, right, that you haven't even mentioned is who's now the head coach over there at Second Baptist. Ah, uh, I believe that escaped me. Yeah, Beck Bryden is now the head coach over there, and, you know, he basically started the football program over there at Regents. This is a, These are two teams that are very familiar with each other. They've faced each other many of years over time, and it is going to be interesting to see how this goes down. Second Baptist is a much better team than Fort Bend. When Fort Bend played them last, they won by, I think, like 14 or 20. Um, and I think this is a better defense than 
Regents faced last week, which not going to lie, Regents kind of struggled against that Fort Bend defense. They had to rely on some trick plays to kind of get the scores on the board, but in the end, they still won. Do I think this second Baptist defense can stop, you know, this region's offense enough to have them a chance? No, I don't think so. I'm going to take regions in this one. They asked me not to pick them, you know, to give them motivation. That is not going to happen. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to pick you in this one. I think this offense is going to come together. You know, they their offense was just not 100% last week. Last week, and I remember after the game, that that's all they talked about is like, oh, we're going to fix that going into this week. And I think they do, and I think their scheme is going to be much improved, and I think they get a lot of points on the board in this one. So give me Austin Regents in this one. I don't think this is going to be a blowout game, though. I think second Baptist is going to come to play, and I, I could see it being a 14-7 to point game in the end. But give me Regents in this one. Yeah, I think it's probably a smart pick. I do see it being close, but – um. But yeah, there's not really, there's not a whole lot of reason for me not to pick Regents here. But I have been wrong before, hopefully not here. Moving on into a Division One matchup, the two best D1 teams, not named Parish, will battle it out in Houston Friday at 5 p.m. This is St. Thomas versus Prestonwood. Prestonwood is a nine and a half point favorite. If there is ever a year for St. Thomas, it's now. 11-0 on the season, led by senior star quarterback Dante Lewis. The Eagles have one of the most stacked rosters in the state. Running back Johan Cardin is going to Vandy. Wide receiver Luke Edgecombe. Linebacker Tyler Day. Defensive lineman Michael Anthony Okora. It is a wealth of riches. We have said this over and over this year. However, Prestonwood has some elite talent of their own with Tulane commit Kellen Tasby running the ship. Running backs Caden Collins and TK Shaw. Wide receivers Gunnar Niver and Tag O'Neill. Defensive lineman Jack Harwell and DB David Madison. I mean, all these guys, fantastic. Donnie Yant is coming in and seemingly running the program like a D1 program when he was at that level. It's They have, they have stepped up in a big way. Their offense is electric. I think the matchup here... It's Prestonwood's air attack versus St. Thomas's secondary. That's probably the one unit you can look to pick on for the Eagles. And I'd bet a unit that threw for 370 on Parrish and Prestonwood can replicate it on a unit that gave up 335 to Regents and St. Thomas. We'll see. Again, it's kind of just grabbing numbers, but it makes it makes sense to me. Long story short, I'm going to I'm going to say that we're going to see around 80, 85 combined points in this game. And I think Prestonwood scores one or two more. Give me the Lions. I know I said this uh, back when we did the brackets. I think both teams are great. It is kind of crazy not to pick St. Thomas to go all the way to the state game. I Again, it could be recency bias. It could be familiarity bias. I've seen Prestonwood this year. They looked much improved against Parrish than they did against Liberty to start the season. Um, I just I like their offense a lot. I'm going to take Parrish. I'm going to take Prestonwood. Same thing. This is going to be a fun one. Like you mentioned, this is this is a staple because I don't remember the last time a Division One team in the South has won a state title. That's before at least I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Houston St. Pius had a chance with Grant Gunnell back in the day, and I think that was the most recent chance they had. Since then, it's been a kind of rough years for the South, just not competing well. And Houston, this Houston St. Thomas team is the best chance for them to have success against the North. 
and it, it comes down to the St. Houston St. Thomas team. I've ne- there's never been a bigger fan about the St. Thomas fan St. Thomas team than me. I you know Johan Cardenas is going to Vandy. Michael Anthony Akua is going to Calif- Cal. Tyler Day is going to Rice. This team is legit and has too much talent all over the field. But you make a good point. Prestonwood has been that team forever. It is it is the team that with Kellen Tasby has gotten better every single week, competed well against Parrish, and guys like David Madison are going to have a great time against guys like Luke Edgecombe and Larry Benton. Those guys, those matchups are going to be fun to watch. A guy that you didn't even mention that is going to be a key team, key piece for this Prestonwood team is going to be Hudson Lunsford. If he's oh, yeah. able to stop uh, Johan Cardenas in the run game for uh, – St. Thomas, it's, I mean, this could be a rough day for, for St. Thomas. But one guy Prestonwood does not have, and I've said it forever, is Uno. Dante Lewis is one of the most explosive athletes in the, in the state. He makes everything happen. And until he's out of college and out of high school, I will always ride with him. Give me St. Thomas. Give me the Eagles. I mean, this is a game that I, 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 this is make or break for the South and all of Houston against in division one. If they can't get it done here, then it's going to be a rough couple of years again for St. Uh, for division one teams um, in the South, man, they're incredible. I, I, you, you, they will see this game. I really do think so. Uh, the combination of Johan Cardenas and Dante Lewis it is the best combination in the state. They're insane. And I think they get the job done here. Uh, give me Uno, give me 2-3, give me St. Thomas in this one. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting. I think this is due in large part uh, to the fact that one of us covers Dallas primarily and yeah. the other covers Houston primarily, but it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, I still – it may be a little bit of bias and rationale in me that no. I, I think – I think I think that the, that the D1 championship – Still, it will, in my mind, it runs through the north until it doesn't. But this is going to be a great, um, this is going to be a great game to for St. Thomas to prove that it doesn't. And I'm not coming out. I think, I personally do think, from a numbers standpoint, St. Thomas should be the favorite. I don't think Preston Wood by nine and a half makes a lot. I think St. Thomas should be a two or three point favorite. But all that to be said, um, it's uh, it's super interesting. I'm very excited to see I- how this one goes. I will be at this game. I'm driving down Thanksgiving is Thursday and I'm driving down from Fort Worth all the way to Houston for this game on Friday. So uh, I'm excited for this one. It's just, this is, this is a game that has so many implications, not just for this, but for how the landscape of private school football is going to be and change for the next couple of years. If they get the, if St. Thomas gets it done, the South has respect in division one. They finally do. If they don't, I mean, uh, another couple years of just saying, all right, we can never trust the South in Division One. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be a sticking point for sure. But we will see when those two teams play. Moving down to Division Three, we have Holy Cross versus Cypress Christian. Uh, Division Three state finalist will be decided this Friday in Lagrange. Listen, Cypress has been elite this entire season. They haven't had a single loss to a private school and a convincing 10-point win over SPC State finalist Houston Christian. Cypress combines an electric rushing attack with a stout defense to create arguably the best squad in Division Three. John Kelly is a large reason for this. He's a home run threat every time he touches the rock. He really is the lifeblood of this Warrior squad. So 
Counting district play plus playoffs, Cyprus has averaged 50 points per game and three points allowed per game. That is insane. However, Holy Cross might be one of the most underrated teams in the state. In the same metric, district play plus playoffs. They just keep in mind Holy Cross average or uh, Cypress Christian averaged 50 points per game. Holy Cross has averaged 67 points per game and eight points allowed per game. 67 points per game in district plus the playoffs. They scored 66 in their last game against a good team. Uh, Gibby Alvarado has been elite on the year, and two-way stars Marco Gomez and Patrick Ortiz have Holy Cross in a position to advance to an elusive state title appearance. The key to this game is a simple one. Can Holy Cross stop the run? I don't think so. But I think they scored just enough to win the game. Listen, I I have I have died on the Holy Cross Hill several times. I died last year on it in the state semis, and they almost took that game. Listen, Cyprus is fantastic. Holy Cross does not get the love they should. They are they are blitzing. They are destroying. They are kicking teams into the dirt. Will they do that against Cyprus? No, they're not going to come out and kill them. I, listen. A team that goes out and scores sixty six points in these in in matchups like this, they're not going to get completely shut down. I don't think. Now, now that I say that, they will. But I think they're great. I think this game is going to be an absolute track meet. Um, any type of logic says take Cyprus in this game. I like Holy Cross. <laughs> I did not expect that. I did not expect that. Now, because given my position in the pick record, not a smart pick at all. Because I know you're probably going to go with Cyprus, and this it's not a smart pick. It's it's begging for me to get the pick record tied, but it's it's what I'm rolling with. You've shaken up my whole brain, because um, <laughs> you you guys won't see it, but on the on the on the script. He doesn't put his picks on usually. So we, I don't know, but like everything he reads, like you're like, okay, I think that's where he's going to go. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I did. I did that intentionally. I wanted to see your live reaction. That's wild. I, you're, you're really wanting me like, you're making me really want to pick Holy Cross because I think it's, I mean, your, 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 your logic isn't wrong. Gibby is that guy, and that team is bigger than you would expect as a Division Three team. D- Daniel Alonzo on the def- offensive-defensive lines is a huge human, and I think he's going to be a key piece of this team hop- stopping the run uh, with the rest of that defense, uh, defense. But in games like this, and even without your pick, some guy, sometimes you just got to go with the best player in the field, and that's John Kelly, and I'm going to go with that with Cypress. John Kelly is the real deal. He's an SEC offer running back. He's bigger than most people on the field, and he runs bit faster than most people on the field. He's just a, he's a different beast. And you know, with Zeke Cohen and the rest of the offensive line has been solid. I believe they changed quarterbacks uh, from JD Potts to someone else. I saw that against um, Bernie Geneva. They changed quarterbacks. So the passing game is going to be interesting. And you know, with you know Warren Hayduck. John Kelly and Brody Johnson. I think this running back tandem is like you, like you just said, the key to the game is a simple one. Can Houston, uh, can Holy Cross stop the run? I just don't think they can in this one. Give me, give me, give me the warriors of Cypress Christian, man. It's going to be fun. I think this is a fun one. Yeah. This, 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 I think this has game of the year written all over it. Like I was, I was geeking out over this on the space. 
last week. It I I'm so so excited for this. It's just it's points points points. I'm very excited. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun one. But we have to move on into our final game to preview. Liberty Christian versus Fort Worth All Saints. Liberty is a 27 and a half point favorite. Game of the year. So nice. We had to see it twice. 2022. We're going to go. So we're going to go back and give some context because I keep saying um, All Saints, All Saints' season has followed last year's very closely. And this will be the deciding game um, it, to see if it follows. So last year, these teams matched up twice. Once in the regular season, once in the playoffs. In the regular season, Liberty wins 31 to nothing. In the quarterfinals, All Saints wins 37 to 20. This year, the regular season, Liberty Christian wins 42 to 13. Literally a one-point difference um, from the margin of victory in 2022. This year, the semifinals, we don't know the outcome yet. That game we played Saturday, I will be there covering it. This year, the last meeting was carried by Chase Garnett, quite literally. The junior running back just gutted the Saints front seven for 175 yards, averaging over eight yards per carry. Liberty also had three receivers catch touchdowns from Cole Welliver, as it was a very well-balanced effort overall. But keep in mind, this game was 18-15 to 15 going into the fourth before Liberty blew it wide open. Here's the thing. Liberty's going to score. We know that it's been a point we've drilled home all season. You don't stop this offense. All Saints has some weapons on their defense, but to put it bluntly, it's not enough to hold Liberty. To win, All Saints needs to turn this into a track meet and let KR do what KR does. Whether it's improvising or letting Kevin, Dougie, and Q get loose, that's how this game is won for a second straight year by the Saints. It's got to turn into a track meet. I don't think you focus on making this a defensive effort, a grind it out game, because I think Liberty can just gut you. I think you just need to score, 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 and hope that one team makes a mistake. But as for a pick, I've mentioned this season strongly parallels last for All Saints. And you'll remember last year, All Saints lost in the regular season and won in the playoffs. Give me a reason why I should pick against Liberty. There, there is none from an analyst perspective. Uh, there, there's no reason. Again, the story, the best storyline here is All Saints goes out, gets revenge yet again, uh, makes it to the state championship, wins it all. Life doesn't always imitate fairy tales. Um, I love this All Saints squad. The talent is ridiculous. I think this, the final score will most likely be closer than it was and it's that's going to largely depend on can the young guys for all saints uh not play like young guys stop shooting themselves in the foot stop getting penalties stop missing assignments if they can do the little things right this game isn't going to be won by their stars it's going to be won by the role players filling that role all that to say um i have no reason to pick against liberty as of now they have blitzed everyone the talent is there the discipline is there the role players play their role I don't know how close it's going to be, but I'm going to take Liberty to win this game. Uh, this is fun. Um, this matchup is, you know, probably the best matchup in all of private school this year. Talent-wise, these teams are going to have everything on the line to get to a state championship. Um, man, you know, you talked about it, right? how 
being an analyst, you can't you can't fall into the trap of the fairy tales and all of that. And that's exactly what I'm going to fall into the trap to. I'm going to pick All Saints in this one. I'm going to go with the 817 in this one. You know, pick record. I need I need a turnaround win. I need one. And I think this is going to be the one to do it. Kelden Ryan is that dude. And if Kelden Ryan and, you know, Dougie and Kevin and Q can get loose, like you mentioned, I think they can do it. They have to score with the best of them. They cannot stop scoring. They cannot make dumb penalties. So please don't make dumb penalties. Do what you need to do and make plays. I just, I think they're going to, they're going to find a way to do it. There was a, there was a chance before that fourth quarter that they were going to win that game. I think they can do it again. I think they can keep it close. The defense is going to come to play. I think Alton's can do it. Do I think it's going to be like a blowout win? No. This is going to come down to like a game-winning field goal, and I'm just going to hope my luck is on the right side of victory. So, Man, that's um, that's not what I expected. I really didn't think you were going to go with Liberty. Um, dude, it's it's going to be, from a talent standpoint, it's going to be the best game we've seen all year. Um, it's uh, outside, of, outside of Liberty versus All Saints Part 1. But I do think this one is closer, like I mentioned. Um, it's... It's going to be fantastic. Also, I don't know if I mentioned up to this point, I'm going to be at this game. I can certainly tell you where I'm going to be before the game. Uh, the All Saints Letterman's Association has a fantastic tailgate before every game. They're going to be in the southwest perimeter of the Gaylord parking lot at the Star. One of the best hamburgers I have ever had. Sadly, not going to be any hamburgers at the tailgate, but they're going to be Texas cheesesteaks, which honestly, uh, it might just be because I haven't eaten in a while. My mouth is watering just hearing about that. I'm very excited. So, uh, I'm going to be there. Um, they're all going to be there. Uh, just go for the sake of getting a cheesesteak, if nothing else. No context will. I'm sure he'll probably be there and he'll <laughs> review the cheesesteak. So keep a, keep an eye out for that. But shout out to the All Saints Letterman's Club. They have been fantastic to us. And uh, I'm really just looking forward to a cheesesteak, if nothing else. But that being said, Walker, that is the final game that we have to cover in depth. So let us just take half of a second and pick the final three games that are remaining. Um, I'm digging through the brackets to look. So we covered all of D1 so, and D2. Yeah. <clears throat> so the three games, you ready for this? Well, I, was, I have them up, so I'm just going to say them. Uh, yeah. D3, TCS Lubbock, Dallas Christian, Graham, Texas, Saturday at 6. We already kind of mentioned on the spread. I mean, Dallas Christian is going to win this one, rightfully so, and kind of submit themselves as the best team in D3 going into the state championship. Chainsaws. Chainsaws. Uh, next game, Howlsville versus Sacred Heart versus Lubbock Christian, which I wish we kind of talked about this a little bit more because this could be interesting. It could be really interesting. The best team in the South comes up against the second best team in the North. Friday at 2 o'clock in Dublin, Texas, do you think – Howlsville Sacred Heart can take on the upset of Lubbock Christian. I think it will be close. That defense is fantastic, and Lubbock makes me a little bit nervous seeing how badly they got stuffed without Welker against First Baptist. Mm, I like Lubbock Christian. Um, I'm still going to take them. Nick Angerstein is is great, but I think Lubbock has had enough time to play with Luke Lee at quarterback to where they've kind of of figured out who they are with him at the helm more so um i don't know if welker is is healthy enough for them to trot him out there and pretend like he's going to start maybe again the information we got is he's out for the season however maybe he might be good this week to go i don't know long story short love it christian 
I think this is going to be closer than usual games for Loic Christian, uh, but I'm going to yeah. take LC. I think Hallettsville is a solid squad. Brady Haas, uh, Hudson Kutak, and also, of course, Nick Angerstein, which, hey, if you're still listening, Nick Angerstein, our, our great intern, Waverly West, is going to be writing, uh, should be already posted an article all about Nick Angerstein and his journey. So go definitely go read that. It's an awesome article by her. Shout out to her. Um, but I'm going to take a lot of Christian in this one, but I think what a, what a season for Hallettsville Sacred Heart undefeated going into this week. I just think Lubbock Christian is a little bit of the better team. Now, final Absolutely. game, final game of the thing, Dallas first Baptist Houston, Northland Robinson, Texas on Saturday. I think in the evening, I will be at this game on Saturday. Actually. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go double header. Are you doing, are you doing a game on Friday? Yes. I'm going to Paris on Friday. Okay. Okay, cool. So at the end of it, so you have first Baptist, Points, points, points. We're into Northland team that's been underrated. Rome Stanford. We already kind of talked about it earlier. Do you think Rome Stanford and the Northland Cougs have any chance in this one? You know my answer to this question. Uh, I, I don't even feel like justifying this game with the response. First Baptist is going to win by a lot. Yeah, I'm excited because I'm excited for this matchup because I haven't seen either squad yet this season, and I'm excited to finally go watch them. And Brother, see how you they are in for a you're in for a treat with First Baptist. That team is fun now, and also if Rome Stanford can get loose for Northland, that's actually going to be a really fun game to watch. I'm excited to see how he how much like he's improved from his freshman year to sophomore year because he was just a bigger guy than everyone else his freshman year. But if he's catching balls like this, where he's going for 109 yards a see a game, like. It could be a good one for them. So I'm excited to see oh, him. Added point to First Baptist. Um, Mark Rayson, uh, probably the most fun player I watched on First mm. Baptist, whether he's running with the ball or he and it's just just watch for anyone they give the ball to on right. Northland and then just watch watch Stanford or watch um not Stanford, watch um Rayson just track him down like a heat seeking missile and just destroy him. He's a fantastic player. Question, okay. Okay. We're, we're gonna talk about this for a second, okay? Sure. Because it's not technically UIL, but it deserves to be mentioned. Does this is the last point we'll make about the same Elijah Kaysen, right? 30 touchdowns to tie Marvin Mims, who had one of the greatest high school football seasons ever, had 32. CD Lamb had 33, and Jackson Smith had 35. The next two are 37 and 39, which I don't think are possible. But do you think he could get up to five touchdowns and tie Jackson Smith in two games left in the season if they make it to the next round? Absolutely. I, I think relatively easily. I think so too. I think he has a chance to be one of the best statistically high school football players ever in the city of Texas. The He's question, so good, dude. The, the question is who are we going to put for MVP? Are we going to put him or Hunter McCoy at quarterback? That that's the only question in the division. So, but yeah, that's my pick as well. I think Fort. I think, sorry. I think Northland has a chance. I just don't think it's enough of a chance to compete with first. Do Baptist. you? First Baptist to give me the win for them. It's gonna be an easy win. They're, they're I feel bad. I I know Northland's a great team. I love Coach Allen and their squad. Yeah. Their social media is fantastic as well. I I don't I, just, I don't it's, like it's, playing it's, the it's, hater, but it's it's like playing Parish every other year. Like it's just kind of like okay, it's it's Parish. You know what I mean? It's just that how that's how good this team is in Division Four. So exactly. No, it's they are the the Parish of Division Four. Um. Yeah, I honestly, it's almost closer to the DC of Division Fourth. How badly they've beaten everyone. But that being said, yeah, that um, that actually is all of the games that are going on this weekend. Um, happy Thanksgiving as well. 
I uh, hope you get a chance. To, everyone that's watching gets a chance to spend that with their families and just have have as much food as you can possibly desire. I know I will eat so much I will be completely incapacitated for the rest of Thursday, but I will be good to go Friday unless I get into the leftovers. <laughs> and then if you don't see if you don't see me at Gloria Snyder Stadium on Friday, you know I ate too much. Also, I got bamboozled with that game. I thought it was going to be at Globe Life. I was really excited and. um it's not. I, I grew up a Rangers fan. I've wanted nothing more than to cover a game in Globe Life or Old Ranger Stadium for like the last three years since we started this. So that's my small rant there. But Gloria Snyder Stadium, so it's fine, fine venue to cover a ball game. I think UIL took the Globe Life this year. I think that they have a triple header there. I think. How greedy do you have to be? Why do they need to have three? Ga- give us one game. Yeah, they're, they're, they're greedy people over there. Not us, uh, though. Not us, of course, never us. But that being said, Walker, we have uh, we have detailed about every single thing there is to be talked about in Texas private school football before we sign off for the second to last time this season, which is crazy. Anything you want to leave the people with? This is fun. We're going to be me and West are going to be at 50 percent of the semifinal games this week because we're all we're going to be covering four out of the eight. Uh, that is quick maths. Shout out to me. Uh, but yeah. What a what a season, man. These games, these are the games that matter, man. These are gonna be fun ones. These should be close games. These these are gonna be so much fun. So if you're not even if you're stay tuned to us, follow our socials. We'll have all the content there. If not, get on a live stream and watch some football. You know, you're it's Friday after the game, after you're gonna be on your couch already relaxing from all the leftovers. Go turn on a live stream and go watch some Texas high school football. It's gonna be a fun time. All of you know Tech versus UT isn't going to be worth watching. Sadly, (laughs) UT is going to destroy Tech. Don't even bother watching that game Friday night. Turn on, turn on the Parish game. Turn on the uh, is is the Holy Cross game. Is that Saturday? Holy Cross is on Friday. Alexville Sacred Heart Love of Christians Friday, and Prestonwood St. Thomas is on Friday. But stay tuned. I guarantee you. I guarantee you even the the D4 games are going to be much more worth it than watching uh, Texas dog walk, Texas Tech. Apologies to any Tech fans. I'm, still, <laughs> I'm rooting for Tech in that game, full disclosure, but we all know it's going to happen. That being said, um, yeah, I'm incredibly excited to see all the action this week. We are getting into crunch time, and there is nobody that enjoys that more than us here at TXPS Media. So for myself from Dallas, Texas, for Walker Lott from beautiful College Station. As always, we have been the Texas Private School Podcast. We will see you to preview the championships next week. See you later. Three, two, one.